We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lekumski, uh, now residing up in Minnesota, enjoying the cool weather up here. And I have with me Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark at Ascension Lutheran Church in South St. Louis, um, where we've been we've been inundated with Canada geese, John. They're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. They 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 they're heading. I figured. Don't don't worry. It'll be a little bit, and then they'll go further south. All the people in Florida can have all the geese they want. That's right. <laughs> so, that's right. <laughs> be, before we get started, Matt, I I, I did want to share a, a thought with you, if I could, because sure. you know we did a little we did a little drama last week. You know we we, we had to pretend uh, Canada, not Canadian. By the way, do you think it's Canada should be Canada bacon too, <laughs> instead of Canadian bacon? <laughs> Maybe it's actually Canada bacon. Yeah, I don't know. But, but anyway, my, my wife and mine. Liz. Not, yeah, I'm not the person yeah. to ask. Yeah. Well, yeah, Liz, and Liz is the one that told us it's not Canadian geese, it's Canada geese. Um, so we did a little drama, and, and I thought I'd share a little drama story because, as you know, I was a thespian for a long time. You, you knew that, didn't you, Matt? Once a thespian, always a thespian. <laughs> That's right. No, so I knew that. Other you are, people, you, yeah. Go ahead. Well, no, I, I just you you're, you you appear in community theaters and, and all sorts of places. It's and uh, yeah, I I'm, I've always been impressed anytime I've seen you in action. So I just wanted to give a little bit of practical advice because maybe people listen to our script and they said, "Well, we can do that." <laughs> Probably. <laughs> we, why would we want to? But we we could do that. Uh, um, and so, just a little bit of practical advice for any future thespians out there. What one of the one of the theatrical tricks, Matt? Uh, in fact, you can use this in a sermon if you want uh, to oh, show boy. surprise. Uh, um, is you take like a glass of water and you do what they call a spit take, and so you take a sip of water and then you just spit it out, and, and that indicates surprise. We were talking about object lessons last week. Oh yes, yeah, talking sure. about well, them. Well, th this is an object lesson, right? You, you, it's called a spit take, and it's to emphasize uh, your surprise at something. You know, like like you say to me, oh yeah, uh, 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 Jeremiah wore this underwear for for months. Uh, you spit take, right? What? <laughs> you know. Yeah. But but here's my bit of practical advice: don't do a spit take while you're driving your car. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so just. Is you know, it a <laughs> Well, I just like to give people things that they can. You know, we we've got the spiritual, <laughs> but we like to give them the practical as well. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. So we're driving to the grocery store and I'm drinking my water and it just went down the wrong uh, throat, as they say. And, and I, I just spit it out all over, all over the <laughs> steering wheel, the windshield and all over the, you know, the console and everything. And, and I'm just laughing. I'm just, and, and Lynn thinks I'm choking. But no, I'm just laughing because I thought I just did a spit take and not not where you should do a spit take. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, um, yes, again, listeners, please don't do that while you're driving. And here's another thought too, Matt. The windshield wipers will not help. 
Because <laughs> instinctively, I turned on the windshield wipers. Of course, and thinking, yeah. This one, no, it didn't didn't help at all, Matt. That's only for the spit takes on the outside. It's the spit outside. Window, not on the inside. All right, I feel better now, Matt. Thank you for letting me get that off my chest. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's good. Yeah, you know, you tune in and, and you learn what not to do here on Wrestling with the Basics. <laughs> that's right. A little bit of law, but a lot of gospel. And, and let's get right. back to the gospel. I'm hoping, you because you, you, you left us, talk about doing a spit take. Yeah, you left us with this incredible story of Jeremiah and his uh, uh, soiled underwear. You yeah, you, you're going to love what, the... What? You, Yes, you'll love the gospel, John, when we get to it. Okay. <laughs> so we're, we're, it's, we're, well, it's, it's going to have a happy of, ending, is that what you're saying? Yes, and, and I think there already is some some happiness already, like we pointed out last week. Um, again, just to recap, um, the, the people ain't listening. Uh, the people of Judah are not listening to Jeremiah. Um, and so God, uh, one of the things he uses is a prophetic sign. He's using uh, a visual aid. Um, he's using something to grab their attention. Um, and what God uses here is uh, a loincloth. So he, he commands Jeremiah to go and buy this loincloth made out of linen, uh, wear it, but, but don't dip it in water. In other words, don't wash it. All right. Yeah. We don't know how long this went on. Jeremiah walking around with his dirty underwear. Uh, it could have been months. Who knows? Uh, and then if, if that doesn't sound strange enough, then he tells Jeremiah, go and bury this in a rock. All right. Go and bury this. Uh, and, and Jeremiah does. Now, now, kind of the good news behind this is we talked a little bit about how, hey, there's kind of a nice picture there of this this closeness. Um, you know, a loincloth like our underwear, it, that's something that's pretty personal. Um, yes. And it, it, it symbolizes this personal bond between God and his people. Uh, that God has bound himself to the people of Judah, to the people of Israel. He, he's given them their promise of a Savior is going to come through through them. He's promised to be their God and that they will be his people. And there's this closeness between God and his people. So it's, it's kind of a cool picture. Uh, but then what's the deal with this whole thing with, with burying the underwear in a rock? Well, that's, that's what we're going to try to, to uh, learn about more today. Before we go on to that, though, Matt, yeah, now you, go ahead. you just gave me another thought, too. It, it's the same thing he did for Adam and Eve, right? Adam and Eve were naked, they were ashamed. They tried to cover themselves up, but not really well. Certainly not the kind of clothing you'd want in Minnesota. Fig leaves are not gonna cut it <laughs> a month from now up here. They barely would cut it now. Uh, uh, but but it, immediately he, he covered them up. So there's that image too, the image of taking something that is shameful and then covering it. And, and, and that God is the one that provides that cover. Uh, or that forgiveness, I guess we could say too. Well, anyway, so what? What? Yeah. What now? Why? Why are we sticking it in a rock, though? What does right. that have to say? Well, that's a good question, John. Let's. Well, for now, let's press on uh, and read verses uh, six and seven. Okay, so this okay. underwear is in a rock, and then uh, and then God has. He's not done with this object lesson yet. He's got more to teach. Okay, so we've we've stuck it away in a rock by the uh, Euphrates River, and after many days. And now we have a qualifier. There are many days. Uh, the Lord said to me, Arise, go to the Euphrates, and take from there the loincloth that I commanded you to hide there. Then I went to the Euphrates and dug, and I took the loincloth from the place where I had hidden it, and behold, the loincloth was spoiled. It was good for nothing. <laughs> okay, so, so here we are. You many think he days. was talking I'll... about us, Matt, but anyway... Oh, we'll see. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You, you think, John? So, yeah. So, we're yeah, we're starting to make connections already. Um, so, yes. Um, 
God tells him to dig it up. He digs it up, and it's good for nothing. The linen loincloth is ruined, all right? Can't even wear it, not even if he wanted to. Um, it's a mess. And, and again, you're right, yeah. Um, if this loincloth is the, the people of Israel, well, then by extension, guess what? Um, the, us, God's people, as church yeah. today. Uh, boy, we're, we see some similarities there, too. Um, you know, I, this whole thing, again, like, a number of things in Jeremiah on the surface kind of leaves us scratching our heads. Uh, but the good news is the or Lord... taking a spit take. Or taking a spit take. Whoa! Dirty yeah, underwear. Yeah. Spit take. Yeah. Uh, thanks, John. <laughs> I wish this episode was on video. We've got spit takes. We've got underwear. This would have been really good. I mean, this, this is uh, like we're going to have to use our imaginations on radio. But um, anyway, it, what, what's cool is in the verses that follow, um, verses 8 through 11... Um, the word of the Lord comes to Jeremiah, and guess what? He he explains it. He tells him what this is all about. So we don't have to wonder, okay, well, what is this underwear deal? He tells Jeremiah, and I, it kind of reminds me of, of some of Jesus' parables um, where he gives explanation, like the sower and the seed and the four kinds of soil. He gives explanation pretty clearly oh, what he's talking about. Well, the Lord gives explanation here too. So uh, here it is. Uh, here's the point, verses 8 through 11. Then the word of the Lord came to me. And boy, he's used that phrase over and over again, I guess, because oh, yeah. it does seem crazy, doesn't it? But it isn't. It's the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, even so will I spoil the pride of Judah and the great pride of Jerusalem, this evil people who refuse to hear my words, who stubbornly follow their own heart and have gone after other gods to serve them and worship them, shall be like this loincloth, which is good for nothing. For as the loincloth clings to the waist of a man, so I made the whole house of Israel and the whole house of Judah cling to me, declares the Lord, that they might be for me a people, a name, a praise, and a glory. But they would not listen. Yeah. Here we are yeah. back to the, the, the problem of not listening. That is the whole thing. The people haven't yeah. listened. And, and I, I, you can just, I mean, you can hear the care and compassion in the Lord's words here. Uh, that they might be for me a people, a name, a praise, a glory, but they would not listen. Uh, and, and again, that imagery of he made the whole house of Judah, I made the whole house of Judah cling to me, right? You know, so again, yeah. this is a picture of, of God's closeness and how he longs to be close to them. That's what he wants for the people. But they just will not listen, Right. Um, and again, like you've already pointed out, John, um, you know, we can just look in the mirror. We see that, too, that the Lord longs to be our, our God. Uh, he's given us his word. He's given us a sacrament. He's given us a son. And yet we so many times just will not listen. They will not listen. Um, yeah. Now, in, in Judah's case, uh, he says that there's going to be consequences to this. Um, they, they follow their own hearts. Uh, they, they've chased after other gods. They're going to be like this loincloth that'll be good for nothing, right? And yeah. for Judah, what that means is ultimately they're going to be buried. They're going to be buried by Babylon, um, buried by Babylon when they come and they, they destroy Jerusalem, destroy the temple, kill many, and take many others off to captivity uh, in Babylon, and all because they refused to listen to Jeremiah, and ultimately they refused to listen to the Lord. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, uh, a word of judgment there too. Um, in that ruined loincloth, you see kind of the ruin of that's coming for the people of Judah. Yeah. And, and yet I keep thinking of that verse we had 
uh, the last couple of weeks where he said, yeah, I'm going to do this, but I'm still going to have compassion on them and I'm going to restore them. Um, yeah, and I think ultimately, you know, for, for Judah and for us, you know, that restoration comes uh, with, with Jesus, right? Um, yeah. You know, still, even though these people refuse to listen to them and disobeyed, they're still going to, the father's still going to send his son. Jesus is still going to come. And, and I, I think what's interesting, if we want to keep going with this, this clothing metaphor, um, Jesus sometimes wore some things that would cause people to ask questions, too. Um, he never wore just a loincloth, you know, like Jeremiah. But um, I think of the night he was betrayed. He just he girds himself with a towel. Um, mm. He's right like a servant. He gets down on his hands and knees and he washes the disciples feet. Um, you know, when he's uh, on trial, he's he's uh, draped with that robe and mockery and given a, a staff even right and crowned with thorns. And then, of course, at the cross, he's stripped naked altogether. Uh, how strange that must have seemed to people. Uh, and yet the Lord has a point to all that, too. Um, I, I think the, the most amazing thing that Jesus wore, though, uh, is there at the cross is he he wears our sins. Um, you know, Peter says he himself bore our sins in his body on the trees, wearing our sins, the sins of the people of Judah, the sins of, of us today who don't listen. And he's wearing it there at the cross. Uh, every every sin that we've committed, he's taking onto himself, um, and there at the cross, um, and that that's amazing, uh, amazing. You know, things that are dirtier than a, a ruined, soiled, disgusting loincloth, uh, our own sin is what Jesus chooses to wear for us on our behalf. Yeah, and and, and you know, Matt, there that that image, that image just keeps. I'm just thinking of all kinds of illustrations in the scripture, where we have that passage of Isaiah where it says you're. Your, your righteous uh, deeds are like filthy rags. Uh, so, so the things that we would do and that we would use to cover ourselves up with, because isn't that kind of the issue? The issue is all the way back from Genesis. When, when you've sinned, you're, you're naked, you're ashamed, you should be ashamed, and so you try to cover it up. And, and Isaiah says, no, your, your, your righteous deeds don't really cover it up. So they're, they're still filthy rags. And, and yet we have this picture of God wanting, wanting to cover it up. You know, that's, that's a good thing to have underwear, and that's what he wants to provide for us. Um, and yet, that whole image of Jesus, because Jesus, uh, that's a very disturbing picture to us, but the Bible's very explicit that he was stripped naked on the cross, and there there's nothing, there's nothing to cover up the sin. Uh, and like you said, the sin's there, because he is the sinner. He's the, he's the sinner of all sinners. All sins have fallen upon him. But he does that, so then again, we, we can be washed clean, and we can be covered up. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The images are just so neat in the Bible. Yeah. Uh, about yeah. because it, the Bible does talk about our sins being covered over, uh, and the Bible does talk about us being washed clean first. Because you wouldn't want to put dirty under or clean underwear on a dirty body either. So I don't know. Yeah. All kinds of things going through my head. Oh yeah, for sure. I know. I know all these connections, and then you know, I, I think the other image here, and uh, the one that you know, that I really love here is, you know, if you're watching from the cross, if you're watching at the foot of the cross, especially if you're, yeah. you're watching perhaps in disbelief, or if you're one of the Roman soldiers there, you know, you, you see this bloody mess here on the cross. You see this guy stripped naked, um, dead. And, and your conclusion is, well, his, his body is just totally useless, right? It's, it's dead. It's lifeless. Oh, it's good, it's blood out. Nothing. Good it's for good nothing. It's good for nothing, John. Yes. And, and what do you do with something that's good for nothing? Throw it you, away. No, you, you put it in a rock and you bury it. <laughs> oh, 
There you go. Oh, see, I like that job. Yeah, I like so you, that, man. Yeah, yeah. So you, you, you're buried in a rock, right? And that's exactly what they did with Jesus' body. And um, just as, you know, as Jeremiah buried his soiled underwear <laughs> at God's command, uh, so also uh, Jesus is, is buried right in that, that, that rocking uh, tomb. Um, but, but the other, the other even more beautiful news than that is, uh, is you know, just as Jeremiah, right, couldn't leave his loincloth buried, a God commanded him to go dig it up, take it out of the rock. Um, so also, um, God's not going to leave his son buried. <laughs> He's not going to leave him buried in a tomb. Uh, Jesus is risen, risen indeed. And, and the difference is, you know, that, that loincloth is utterly useless and unwearable after being in a rock. Jesus, just the opposite. Um, he's he's risen, glorified uh, to live and reign forever and ever, and never to die again. So that's uh, you know, uh, that's that's the difference in all this. But boy, um, some some similarities with that that image of the loincloth, and strangely enough, <laughs> connections to us, but not just us, but also to Jesus Christ too. Yeah. It, and and you know it it it, it fits in perfectly because you, you see this in the Old Testament. It's like Paul said in Colossians, you know, all this stuff in the Old Testament are, are only a shadow of yeah. the things to come. And, and and I love the phrase, the reality, the reality is Christ. And, and uh, this is a perfect illustration. It's all hinted at. Everything that we know and believe as Christians, it's all hinted at. But it's not quite so clear, is it, as what you get when you get into the Gospels and Paul's writing and, and what have you. But But it's all there. Uh, but it's almost like Jesus, of course, brings all of this to completion. So who cares whether you, you hid your dirty underwear and you're buried and then it's no good for anything? Well, yeah, that, that really is not all that helpful. But when you think about Jesus Christ, who has been buried for our sins, died for our sins, stripped naked for our sins, and then he rises again. Oh, wait a second. Now there's something uh, that is uh, affirming and encouraging for all of us. Um, yeah. Yeah, interesting yeah. story, Matt. And I since I never thought of the relationship between Jesus, well, maybe Jesus, but not the relationship of him also being buried in a rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, uh, Jesus in a loincloth, you know. And but yet, that's the image that God uses. That's, that's incredible. And then I think you know, as as we wrap up this account, um, just this idea that that God isn't going to leave us buried either, right? If Jesus no. is risen, we're going to rise too. And uh, he cares for us even now in the most wonderful of ways. Um, you know, I think of Galatians 3 that, you know, Paul says, for all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed, that clothing idea again, clothed yeah. yourselves with Christ. Um, uh, so we connected to him. We too are going to rise. Uh, God didn't leave the people of Judah, by the way, buried under Babylon. He rescued them eventually. That was the time, promise. Right? In that compassion, promise. I will restore them. Yeah. And he does, and he does. They're they're in captivity for about, you know, in exile for about seventy years. But God, God restores. God rebuilds the temple. He doesn't forget his people. Certainly doesn't forget his son there in the tomb. Jesus is raised, and he's not going to forget about us either. And and the the way in which you know to kind of circle back to the where we started, the way in which we know this is by listening <laughs> to listening to the word of the Lord, his word of law, his word of gospel, uh, and his word of of hope uh, for us. Uh, who are clothed uh, with Christ. Uh, so, yeah, I, yeah, you know, I just, I, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say this whole idea about not listening 
Uh, I think that really relates again to the whole object lesson thing. Because if you go back to Jesus' parables, you, you could the, the difference between people who heard the parables is, is some people just heard the parables and then walked away. You know, they maybe said, oh, that Jesus, Jeremiah, those are just crazy people. <laughs> Look at the crazy things they say and do. Yeah. And, and yet there was a handful of people who would come to Jesus at night. Uh, we call them disciples. But they would come and they'd say, would you explain this to us? See? Uh, and, and that's the difference. Uh, there is a, the word can go in one ear and out the other, or the word can go in and we'd say, we don't understand this. We, we have some questions, but would you explain it to us, Lord? And, and I think that's the key thing that's constant, going to God and saying, God, yeah, you have to help make sense out of what's going on in our lives and in the world around us, because without you, we, we have no understanding of what's happening. Exactly. I, I think of, again, uh, last week we started by discussing a little of our context that we're in the midst of uh, this pandemic that keeps uh, dragging on, it seems, and uncertainty is about the beginning of the school year. Um, and, and again, all, all we hear about that and we hear about all the things happening in the news and, and things just begin to pile up. Um, it's like overload, sensory overload. You know, there's so much to listen to, so many worries. And, and before you know it, uh, we've drowned out the voice of our, our God and Savior. And no, no, that's the very time when we need to be listening to him. So, um, so listeners, thank you for tuning in today to hear that word of the Lord. Continue to hear it in your own personal reading and worship, whether that's in person or online at this point. Uh, stay connected to the word of the Lord. Continue to listen uh, because we need it always, right? Uh, but in, in some respects, during times of pandemic and catastrophe, we need it more than ever. Uh, yeah, listen well, to that and, word and of the Lord. And I'm, just what you said there, Matt, because I, I know there's a lot of people that are really, really struggling because uh, we've got the pandemic and then maybe you're out of work and you've got personal issues and illness and maybe family members. And, and I wonder if sometimes we don't feel like we're just a dirty pair of underwear and we've been shoved under a rock. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it just <laughs> yeah. feels like that. Uh, but then again, that's why we need to listen, because you've got this Lord who's saying, no, 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 do not judge by what's happened in your life. Do not judge by the things that are going on around you. No, my promises are still true. Look to my son, like you said on the cross. Everything you've suffered, he suffered. No, that doesn't mean you're not mine. That doesn't mean that you're not my people, a name, a praise, and a glory, like it says in the text. No, no. Uh, in fact, in some ways, that's an affirmation that we're the people of God. That What did Jesus say? Take up your cross and follow me. But then you got to follow the story to the end, as you said, Matt, because in the end, no, God always restores. He al Even if we're deserving it, Maybe the struggles we're having, we actually deserve. Maybe that's part of the problem. There's guilt upon the struggles because we, we kind of brought this on ourselves. But no, no, trust me, the Lord will never, ever, ever forsake you. And there's countless examples of that in the Old Testament. In fact, if you think about it, Matt, is that not the story of the entire Old Testament? Of how God's people were unfaithful, and yet God was always faithful to them. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think of the words of the disciple, you know, uh, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the uh, words of eternal life. You know, where else are we going to turn? <laughs> Especially when life is rough. Uh, only to Jesus, you know, only to God's word. That, that's where it's found. That's where hope is found. That's where life is found.
Yeah. So, so Matt, we, we, we've got just a, just about a minute left here. Uh, are you still doing uh, Jeremiah? Is there more stuff to come? From oh yeah, Jeremiah I mean, we, whatever you want, John. Um, we, we can. If you got stuff we want to talk about next week, that's fine. If not, I've got. There's more Jeremiah. Um, and after all, it's the longest book of the Bible, so there is plenty of stuff for Jeremiah <laughs> to talk about. Uh, so I'd be happy to talk about that some more too. Uh, All right. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, we'll, we'll leave everybody in suspense because I had some things I want to talk about from the book of Romans, chapter nine. Some okay. strange things in there, too. You talk about this strange stuff of the underwear. How about God saying who I love, I love and who I hate, I hate. What does that mean? See, that's, yeah. that's a really difficult passage, too. But uh, we will be back here with some silliness, but also we hope with some hopeful words from the Lord. Uh, this has been. Wrestling, wrestling with the with basics. The basics.